What's up, everybody? Welcome to another What's for Dinner. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on a ship right now. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. See what I did there? Uh, this is uh, this is a fun episode. I'm actually uh, talking with um, one of the dueling piano guys from the ship, uh, Stan Baloney, Dan Gilogly. He's still here. That's how, that's how recent we're doing this episode. Dan Gilogly. Um, he's a very, very funny guy. It was actually, we didn't even talk about this, but he was a uh, second city. He worked in second city as a, uh, improviser and a panel player, which made it great when he came on stage to help me with my little, uh, improv bit. And we talked about, um, talked about, you know, his dueling shows and, uh, the road and, um, just audiences and just, it's a really fun, interesting, uh, episode. And um, to anybody who might be listening and wants to see me live, guess what, guys? Starting tomorrow, March 30th, I will be at one of my favorite clubs, actually, in the whole wide world, McCurdy's Comedy Club in Sarasota, Florida. If you're in the Central Florida area, come on by tomorrow, March 30th through April 3rd. And then uh, then I'm back in uh, L.A., and I've probably got some gigs coming up. You can always check out flipisfunny.com for any of those ships. And then starting at the end of April, I'm back on a ship. I'm on the getaway, Norwegian getaway out of Miami for like a month. So if you happen to be on that ship, I'll see you there. Okay, I'm rambling. I'm going to shut up now. You guys sit back. Enjoy this episode 181 of What's for Dinner with Stan Baloney, Dan Gilogny. Gilogny. I got it right. <laughs> Bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Yeah, just—that's all we do is just talk. There's the script. I didn't get the script. You didn't get the script. Well, this is uh, this is more of like performance art. It's very loo- it's loosey goosey, as they say. Good. Well, I pre- I prepared a PowerPoint, so I hope your fans like it. I good, good, good. I'll describe it. Okay. So there's a naked boy. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> oh, I the? thought this was Thailand. <laughs> this is Jared Fogelland. <laughs> Did you hear he got beat the sh- his, uh, a prisoner beat the shit out of him? What a surprise! I know. I'm shocked. Who'd have thought that wouldn't happen? Usually prisoners respect child molesters. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Did you hear he died too? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. It's so sad. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. He was. It was actually a comic. Actually, he was my comic mentor. He had this. He had this joke. He goes. Um, he goes. You know, I'm. Uh, Dahmer was Chicago, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. He goes. Uh, you know, I, I uh, worked up in Milwaukee and like around the time of the Dahmer murder, and that guy was a sick fuck. You know what he used to do? He used to take people's noses. Slice them and put them on pizza. Yeah, they call it Domino's Pizza. <laughs> oh. And that joke would he he would call attention to how stupid it was, but it would always work. <laughs> it's amazing how that would always work. Yeah, if you set if you set the bar real low, people real will low. laugh. Yeah, just yeah. out of you know pretty pity and just you know. Well, I think that you know I think audiences probably good effort. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you would probably know too. I think audiences, um, if you acknowledge when a joke is stupid, they almost respond more to it because because they're like okay as long as he knows it's not stupid then stu- i don't feel so stupid for laughing at exactly stupid joke because he's it- obviously stupider than me exactly exactly <laughs> so- like what's what's one of the stupidest bits you do on stage um wear a speedo no um <laughs> it's just, it's just, i said look, stupid I it's not sexy but it's gonna be a speedo so just be warned <laughs> I yeah, that's a great question. I thought all my bits were stupid. I mean, I just strive for mediocrity on every show. Oh no, no, you achieve it. <laughs> but um, 
like like one of the one of the bits that you do where you're like oh, I can't believe this bit I, I do this bit and it actually works. Um, the, yeah, we're doing Sweet Caroline and we come to the bop 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 part and if they're ready for it I'll just sing really loud. This song sucks, and people people laugh at that. Like because if they like it, they think it's funny, and if they think the song sucks, they're like, "Oh, this guy's he's, he's spot on." All right, you know. So I'll get the, then I'll find out who likes it and who doesn't, and then I'll take it. But every time I can get marketing, I can push that one. The other is um, just throwaways, just throwaways that I'm surprised keep working, and I I won't do them every show just because I don't want to bore the snot out of myself too. But it was uh, the other one on uh, Journey, uh, "Don't Stop Believing." It's in the bridge and the bass line that goes and I'll just throw in lyrics to whatever pop song is like really raining high, like shut up and dance. And everybody's like, oh, he's so current. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm not. That song's been out a year. There was, uh, there's actually, is it Don't Stop Believing? Uh, it's one song that I've, I've heard duelers do. Uh, where it's in like a musical bridge, and it. I think actually, I think it's "Don't Stop Believing," and it's a "Come on, Barbie, let's go that's party." Yeah, yeah, that's the bit. And the other is "Oop, oop, oop, Gundam style." And it was like, "Ah, he's so current. He's like, so no. clever." Oh, this so was three years ago. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's even worse. Well, the Barbie one is '90s, so it's, yeah, it's perfect. But it still, for some reason, works. For some reason, it just. I don't know. And surprisingly, there are some people that just don't get that. Right over their heads. The Barbie line? Uh, any of them. Just like, oh, I didn't get that. I didn't see that. was very funny. Well, I think the older people. Maybe you throw in like a uh, Tony Bennett line or something. <laughs> Don't. Sam Enchanted Evening. <laughs> you may see a flounder. <laughs> you may. Did you ever heard that Kip Odata song, no. Wet Dream? No. It's, um, <laughs> Kip, Kip Odata was this uh, comedian. And it's it's basically it's not even a song. Is he's telling a story and there's a musical bed underneath, but the whole story are fish puns. It's like so I was cruising, I was uh, cruising in a rented stingray in downtown Atlantis, and uh, I've heard that bit. Yeah, and yeah. it was, and I so I took um, and I'm butchering the bit, but uh, I took a, so I took it into a shell station, and they said I'd blown a seal. I said fix the damn thing and leave my private life out of it, okay, pal? And he closes with and I left my harp in Sam Clam's disco. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, not part of it. That's a whole other bit. Okay. Uh, yeah, wow, I haven't heard that one. But yeah, oh, yeah. It's just all fish puns and everything. Um, well, for, uh, first of all, guys, welcome to the show. This is how we, we usually should start with talking. But I'm uh, back here on the uh, Norwegian. I'm on the Escape, not even the Getaway. This is my hmm. first time on the Escape, and it's such a different ship. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> um, and I am sitting here with uh, a, uh, a Howl at the Moon dueler, a very cool guy, very... Uh, a nice guy, guy who's been uh, helping me with the um, musical improv bit that I usually do with uh, my buddy Brandon, but I'm, I'm gonna call you Danden. 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 Uh, no, it's my Brandon buddy. the sequel. <laughs> Danden. You know, I don't even know. I usually, I, I don't even know your last name. I call you oh, Danny G or Big yeah, Galogli. Uh, Dan Galogli. Dan uh, Galogli. So because nobody can pronounce Galogli, I just go by the stage name of Dan Baloney, and then everything's when I say hi, my name's Dan. They go hi, Stan. So we've. We've invented a whole new character, it's Stan Baloney. Stan Baloney, that fits in great with so many of your alter egos. <laughs> so I only have really one. <laughs> no, well, no, no. You've got you've got Skippy, right? Yeah, but you've also got that. I didn't know that little nine year old. You got a nine year old boy in you. <laughs> well, that was that, that that was a long time ago, <laughs> and, and uh, I statute, served my time. The statute of limitations worn out. Exactly. Well, you got to get a bunch of good characters. Oh well, I mean, in my act, I do little, like, quick little voices and characters. Yeah. But I like Skippy's my like a fully sure, fleshed probably. out 
alter ego. Yeah, like, which is just a scary thought that he's fleshed out. It really is. Mm-hmm. But like he's a, all about the flesh. Is it, it? <laughs> Skippy's. <laughs> He'll be showing up later in the show. I'm you sure know? he will be. <laughs> Actually, I had another. I had at, at one time I was working on developing three different characters. It was Skippy Green, then there was Shane Winkler, who was like an old burnout English, you know, rock and roller. And just I used to go on stage with like the long blonde wig and a bandana. And I don't smoke. I don't smoke, but I wanted to say smoking a cigarette, and I. I had like a cut off shirt and I painted like a um a uh a cleft note tattoo on my arm. Perfect. And then the third character was uh Sullivan Sharp or Sully Sharp. And he was like this uh this old blue collar guy from up in uh, Boston, you know, and just I went on stage with like a really bad toupee and a bad and a really awful suit and of the three characters, Skippy for some reason was the one that He's the winner. He was a winner. Was winner, a winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So and, and you were talking about Stan Baloney. Now Stan Baloney, it's not it's not a full out character though, is it? He, he keeps getting developed, and I'm not sure if he can do a full hour yet because I've just done little bits. Uh, so check out stanbaloney.com and oh, you uh, really have stanbaloney.com? Yeah, and I put out some video YouTube uh, YouTube videos just to see if there's any traction and uh, very little, of course. And nah. uh, but uh, so he might die a quick death. Uh, <laughs> but Stan Baloney is just kind of a caricature of uh, all the guys from Chicago on the Northwest Side. You know, I mean. Seriously, it's like when you go to Alabama and you listen to someone who just kind of talk like this. And, uh, you know, when I was uh, four years old, uh, that's how they talk in Alabama. They take forever, right. which is a way of life. In Chicago, there's a million guys that talk like this, you know, the guys who work in streets and sanitation or a couple of coppers, you know. And it's just a way of life. What are you talking about? What, there's no diphthongs in the American language. <laughs> Why should there be a TH? There's a diphthong in your pants, though. <laughs> there's a diphthong in your pants. Big, but, you big, know, diphthong. I've been married for over 20 years, so, you know, I'm not so sure if there's much diphthong left in my marriage. So, you never dip your thong right I, in the I do. I, she's got a thong, but I don't know if I want to dip it in anymore. I mean, you know, she's got 17 kids, so you know what I'm saying. <laughs> 17 kids. <laughs> We're good Irish Catholics, you no, know what I'm course. saying? Of course. Sure, so. When down under, there was an echo. <laughs> there's a damn good echo. There's a damn good echo in that dip thing. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, the guy is just kind of just keeps coming up with with stuff, and uh, like I've I've had Stan buy hotels, and I've had him buy chips, and I've taken him on world cruises, and just you know introduced him to locals, uh, set up rhetorical questions, and have the locals look at me with glazed over looks and then just you know wait so you've done the character on stage like well, i've done the character on stage i've done the character on uh short little bits 10 15 minutes of cabaret shows but i've also just as we're traveling around on the cruise ship i just take the video cam and start shooting uh and asking questions like uh i was in jamaica last month and i was like where's all the reggae music and they're like well that's all all over man can't you hear it and i'm like no it's not it's this is a recording of Bob Marley who died like thirty years ago. Where's the live reggae music? You know, and uh, and they were just flummoxed. They had no <laughs> idea what I was talking about. I'm like, come on, what are you talking about? Got to have some. Got where's? I swear to God, there's no there's no reggae music anywhere on the entire island. Well, you know why? Because because it's regulated. <laughs> That's right. It's Government. regulated to a very specific part of the island, and you really gotta. Make an effort to go over there. You got to go over. You got to go over the hill there, Dad. Over the hill, yeah. yeah. That means yeah. a taxi. Oh, you don't want to go in that taxi. You take you your life in your own hands. Well, you, you sure do. You do. You kidding me? They're running around. They're all high on that ganja. I'd rather walk around down to the south side of Chicago if I'm going to do that. It's with the ganja. Sure, I'd bring the ganja with me because then I wouldn't be so scared. <laughs> I would be scared in the south side of Chicago if I was really stoned. 
It's, it's all blown out of proportion. The murder rate really isn't that high <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> I've, you know, I've only been to Chicago once. I was there for a comedy festival. I had a great time. Yeah. And uh, I, had to, I, you know, I had to get the pizza deep dish of out course. there. Oh, my God. Of course. So the only, well, I was going to say I was in Italy. That, that, that tops Chicago pizza just by that much. I can see. Now I'm looking forward to the Italian trip. We're taking off for that one in September. Are you going to Italy? Yeah, we're going. We got oh. the Mediterranean trip. Oh, you're on the ship. Yeah, on the on the Epic. So we're going to go out there. And I'm do you know like, where you're going in Italy yet? Not yet, but I've already kind of scoped out the map, and I've talked to the other guys that have been there, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, you got to try the pizza." Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you got to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I sure. think <laughs> if you dock in Naples, they right. have yeah, they have amazing pizza. We do in Naples, Naples, Florence, and Cannes, and then we're going to Mallorca too. So. Okay. I'm not going to hold out for the Mallorcan pizza, though. No, no. Yeah. I could, I could probably you know, your Orkin is better than my Orkin. My Orkin, yeah. I my, I'm a little I've selfish about my Orkin. It's really not all that good. <laughs> <laughs> Florence is great, too. We had a good time in Florence. There's, um, actually, there's a, <laughs> there's a picture I have of, because uh, when uh, Alice and I went there, we got our hands on a little bit of the uh, Mary Jean. Sure. So, uh, oh my God, I forgot the name of the river that we were walking by. It was beautiful, but I was so stoned. And there was just the, this picture of me just like with my eyes barely open with this beautiful river behind me. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> there's another one of us on a gondola in Venice. And again, I'm just ripped. And so there's a shot like Allison is smiling. And I'm smiling, but my eyes are so glazed over. And then there's a gondolier behind us just with a stick, like, ah. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a good it's time. It's a good time for all. It's a good time. So you're kind of new to the ships, like playing them, right? Yeah, this is my third contract. I, did, I didn't get on cruise ships until uh, September of 15. And uh, we only did it because I was looking at the calendar going, okay, our youngest should be done. Uh, let's take her out of the oven. And... Uh, <laughs> As a Jew, I'm very offended. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and the show just and, went there, everybody. And, and I'm, I'm okay with that because um, we uh, just put a lot of garlic sauce on them. We weren't as cruel about it. You know? <laughs> oh, that's nice. So we're Irish, so you know, we're used to oppression. Oh, of course. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, what do you um, know? Because I've, uh, I've had some duelers on here on the show before, and they're kind of uh, old hat with the ship. Like, uh, like I said, Brandon, and yeah. um, I think uh, I had Tommy Orr on the show at one point. Um you being new to the ships, what are you thinking of them? Is this like something you think you could uh, kind of groove to for a little while, or is it just like oh yeah. yeah, I could definitely get sucked into the whole world and the vacuum of the of the ship life because it's a it's a culture that is um, unique to itself, and yet it's such a huge industry. There's so many people that have had an opportunity to work on cruise ships in one point or not in their lives, uh, either in the service industry or in the entertainment industry. I mean, I've met so many people that. Well, it's a great gig out of college, or you know, I get stage time, or you know, and the actors and the dancers here on these ships are just top notch. Oh, so talented! I know, and uh, just blown away. Uh, the magicians too that were on the getaway, and mm-hmm. uh, it's no shortage of talent. And that's what I really dig about this is all the other musicians that are here that are first rate. There was a reggae band on the on the getaway that was oh Groove International. Oh my God, oh, fantastic. Good. I was like, did people did the people actually in the pool deck actually realize how good they are? No. And my wife turned to me and said, if they weren't very good, they would definitely know. But no, they don't. No. Latin Express was another one. They were oh, yeah. guys from Dominican. Were they Dominicans? I believe so, yeah. And but these guys are doing much longer contracts, so this is a little bit more fluid. I, I'm glad I can do just a month. Um, but I and there's a lot of stuff that I really do like about the ship. Um, on the other hand, 
I don't want to get sucked into a vacuum. I've had a steady gig before where the vacuum gets created and then all of a sudden you lose the gig and you're like, now what? Right. So, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's scary as hell. So um, I'm trying to use the ship for what it is, uh, use the studio time, do a lot of reading. Um, just enjoy it for what it is, because it's beautiful. We're in the Caribbean, and we're getting paid to gig. I know. <laughs> this is awesome. And I know. It's wintertime up in Chicago, so, <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, we were talking about this, just how this um, this gig has become a, uh, I guess, a little sought after as far as performers in uh, each of our fields, mm-hmm. you know, because it is easy if you know, if you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, I would imagine, because I know for comics... A lot of comics cannot do clean shows, mm. which you need to be able to do on the ship because right. you have sometimes four-year-olds in the front row. And yeah. You, you know, so you can't talk about... Absorbing absolutely every word you say. Ab- or ignoring <laughs> everything you're saying and running around. I've had, I, <laughs> I haven't had it to this extreme, but I've seen it at a show with a, another comic where kids are like almost crawling on the stage and the parents sitting way in the back of the room not doing shit because... Fuck it, they're on vacation. So suddenly we're entertainers and babysitters. Right. And we can't go, lady, what the fuck is with you? We got to say, okay, sweetie, you got to go, you know. Keep your sticky fingers off my mic, please. Please. (laughs) And I would imagine with a lot of duelers, because when you're coming up, you're playing bars and you're playing these kind of uh, gin joints Mm -hmm. where you have to, you know, you're dealing with a drunk crowd or you're Mm -hmm. dealing with a crowd that wants, you know, adult humor and things like that. And a lot of guys... That's how they train. That's how they cut their teeth. And then when they come on here, you know, from whenever you start to 11, it's still an all-ages show. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, do you find that, like, a lot of players wouldn't have that kind of uh, chops to play, like, to, to deal with that kind of thing? Yeah, it's definitely – the agent's been great at getting uh, really the best players here. So that's been a pleasure for me. Everybody I've played with has been top shelf, uh, even the ones that were kind of, like, you're better at some things than others. We're still excellent entertainers. Mm-hmm. And they had the chops to be able to entertain, not just perform or, you know, not just to play their instruments. Right. And those are the guys that really can make it on the ship. Um, and I've seen that too. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that come up, they cut their teeth on the bar gigs. And then you get, you put them in front of a family show and you're forced to do a clean show, i.e., actual ad musical talent <laughs> instead of just telling a bunch of dick jokes. Uh, and do call downs in, in bits uh, that it forces us to stretch uh, as performers. Some of the best shows um, I've had here were because of the musicality, which it's nice to see the pendulum swinging back. Because when I first started doing doing a dueling show, it was all about you know dick jokes and you know stroke this and hump that, and that was a right. whole bit. This has become now the pendulum seems to be swinging back where people are very appreciative of actual piano playing. In a dueling piano show? Yeah. Which I know is a novel concept for some players. <laughs> um, the other part do, do you too, find that just on the ships or like in general? Yeah, we've done some state fairs where uh, there was a six-man rotation we did at the state fair up in, uh, it was in, in Wisconsin. And it was, we called in guys from around the country, uh, which was, um, uh, and, and they just called on deep musical talent. So our changeovers were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, like five, six-part harmonies, really oh, wow. top-notch stuff. And it was some of the most memorable musical experiences I had uh, just because I had no idea these guys had it in them. 
<laughs> I thought they were all about the, you know. All about the dick jokes. Yeah, it was. And, uh, and, and it almost put me off to doing a dueling piano show because when I first saw it in 88, I was like, it was all dick jokes. I'm like, this isn't going to work. I was working at Second City at the time where every joke had to work on three levels or it wouldn't make the cut. And right. I was like, this is simply beneath me. I would never do this. <laughs> and now here I am. It's the best paying gig anywhere I can find because it's pure entertainment. It's really raw, and when we screw up, people dig that just as much as when we are able to shine and find our true. Oh, absolutely! You know, I think I think when it, in any kind of entertainment, um, audiences, you know, they they love it when 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 a when a song or a bit or a dance or whatever is 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 beautifully constructed and 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 you know uh, executed flawlessly. But when those times when something goes wrong and we have to ad lib or we have to adjust on the fly. And they see that we're completely in the moment. It really adds a, uh, uh, I don't know, a, 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 a humanness, a humanness, a genuine capacity. Yeah, and mm. and to show that you know, the, and this is also a uh, a performance that will never happen again because, like, that's why I love talking to the audience because when you know, uh, so I'm talking to somebody that I'm gen, you know, I'm generally thrown or genuinely thrown by what they're saying and. And I still come up with something perfect to say in that moment. That's never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. I feel it, and I think the you know the audience gets that sense too. I'm sure I like to do that too. I love to rip with the audience, and and I will I will do a version of what you guys do, which is oh, what's your name? Okay, thank you. Oh, there, this is Lee. You know, she was the alpha female in the room for the night, mm -hmm. and so now she's going to stick around for at least an hour or two. We're able to play off of her, not only to get other people involved because now she's our advocate. She becomes our lieutenant, going right, right. out. Okay, now you have to come up. No, you have to come up and if i'm saying it like that they're like ew get away please don't touch me i think i have something else to do you know they can take that choice from us as entertainers no i refuse to get involved because right. i have my choices whereas if she's doing it the alpha female takes over and we elicit her abilities to motivate an audience it can really and but then you get the same thing we will get little bits and information from them and incorporate back in the show if they are really in a good mood they will they will give us so much more fuel and ammunition to be able to continue on with the show. And Absolutely. people love that because it you're right, it's customized. It's their uniqueness. Like, oh my God, this is really happening in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And also because it's one of them. Yes. It's, it's an audience member that kind of got, you know, plucked mm -hmm. and uh suddenly she's like it's like she becomes the bridge between them and you. Yeah. Between them and the show. Yeah. Yeah, that it shows us to be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, rightfully so, my friend. Rightfully so. What would you say is like one of the one of your favorite just spur of the moment moments that's happened at a show, like a dueling show? Man. Okay, what did the man there was, do? <laughs> okay, the second one. Um, <laughs> it, it was this kid who was um, he was what a developmentally disabled. Is that a politically right? Sure. Way to say that? Sure. Uh, whatever, autistic something. And he got up on stage, and I used to have drums on the stage, and he got up on stage and just I'm sorry, wailed. this was a dueling show or a solo Yeah, it was a show? dueling show. Okay. And I had, I usually brought like a big a standing conga and some bongos and some other shaker stuff, and I would get audience participation. This kid just saw him, and he just, he was like, oh, drums, you know, like he just walked up to it like, as a kid like that, who was, and his parents were like, uh, well, he's going to play the drum. There's nothing we can do to stop him. And he was great. Really? <laughs> like, and we just like, you have to jam the rest of the night. And he was happy to. I was like, but let's get some adhesive tape on those fingers because they're going to be sore tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Wait, this was like a drum kit or the conga? Yeah, just a conga. You just wailed oh. on this conga. It was like a 
Remo puts out a, a kid's conga with a synthetic drum, and you know, like you can stab it, and it's not going to break. Okay. And this kid just came up and just started wailing. Oh, that's so cool. I know. And he was up on stage for a good solid ten minutes. We just and it just ingratiated us to the audience. Well, I bet. Plus, he was good, and you know, when you look at somebody where you can reach somebody like that. He was probably, it's hard to tell, he could have been 10, he could have been 15. He was a very large 10-year-old if he wasn't. Uh, but he was just into that, like, wow, this is it. But you could tell that he was going to have a different path in life than people with all of their brains. And this kid, we reached him. Um, one of the other things, too, I do, too, and this is the power of music, is uh, when I'm in Chicago, I, I like to do gigs for seniors uh, who have memory loss and Alzheimer's. And it's really, really powerful to see um, they can't remember their son's name. They don't remember what they had for dinner five minutes ago. But I'll play a melody from 80 years ago, and they know all the words. Oh, that's and it brings them out of almost catatonic states. Like they'll be in wheelchairs, but they'll start to come out of it. Or they'll start to get physical motivation and be able to clap again, even if they can't talk. It's just wow. I, I get to do so many different kinds of gigs that I'm just still so blown away by the power of the music. I mean... Well, that's like music. It it is that familiarity. It is that the, there's something I think deep seated with certain songs when they touch you that mm -hmm. are evergreen. Mm -hmm. You know, they're 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 mm -hmm. always going to be in there. And that's God. That I never even thought about that with as far mm -hmm. as with uh, older people. And so when we do our shows and the dueling pianos thing, and people are singing along, I try to remember that freshness because, well, as we were talking today, we've told our jokes and done our bits ten thousand times. They haven't heard them. Right. So if we keep them fresh, we're creating positive memories for them. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter to me that they really have to hear Piano Man. I'll try and hold out for 20 bucks. But <laughs> if I see the right opportunity, it's coming up. It needs to be done because that's for them is important. Right. It. We're just you know, the wardens in the insane asylum. We're, we're the facilitators. We're not really in charge of anything. And that's really the power of being a good entertainer, where we know we can kick ass as entertainers, but we don't have to. Because right, the right. audience is different every night, and it's up to us to connect with them in the way that they're coming to us. Right, 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 mm -hmm. right. That's, uh, that, no, that's absolutely true. Um, I, because I was also thinking, too, like uh, Piano Man and Sweet Caroline, and this is just from what I've observed after seeing so many uh, of you, you guys' shows, uh, songs like that, the you you can't do that in like an empty room, right? No. It, it, it's that's one of those songs. I tried it, <laughs> and I I can't imagine that working because those songs, you need that kind of feedback that that because those songs, there's audience participation in and Bohemian Rhapsody and mm -hmm. you know there's there's a, uh, you you have to know when the audience is right to pull that kind of out of the back car. It's like as a comic to be able to read a room to go. Okay, this right. high energy big bit is not going to work for this room. I, it's got to be more low key and, you know, playing on the uh, softer side just to connect with a smaller crowd. Yeah, and so reading the room and knowing what they know, what they need before they know it, uh, or as our as I was taught, don't let the requests run the show. Interesting. You know, because you know they're going to ask for those top twenty songs, those top forty songs, but we're going to deep dig a little deeper and go for the twenty first song. You know. And we're going to find that song. We're going to know where this bit's going to work. And you guys are ready. But now that also, it's a gauge because we're using that as our litmus test to see how you are going to sing Sweet Caroline. How are you going to sing uh, Piano Man? Right. By pulling out another song that they wouldn't normally ask for uh, to get them up off their seat and, you know, partying with us. So, What's one of those songs? Uh, Mama Don't Dance is a good one. Under the oh. Boardwalk, Nobody Asks For. That's great out here. I can do a bit with that. Any of the ones that just has a great call and response. Uh, 
one of the guys on this ship is doing, uh, where, oh, where can my baby be? What is that? You know, whoa, 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 whoa. He's got a great shout chorus on that. And he gets them every time. Nobody asked for that song. I don't even uh, know that song. Uh, Lord took her away from me. And then I got to be good. So I can see my baby when I knew. Is it leave this world? What is it? Last. Was that Bette Midler? <laughs> no, it's somebody. I don't know. It's a fifties hit that I think somebody else, Pearl Jam, probably pulled out or some crap. I have no but idea. But there's a whole bunch of them like that. Runaways, another one like that, where oh, people runaway. they listen to it and they go, "Oh my god, I love that song." Yeah, you know. And that's up to us to go. Oh, we're coming around the corner here, and we got that joke for you, and that joke, and that joke, and now we're going to play your songs. Okay, you know? so so you build them up. Yeah, yeah. Because we're not teenage Buttercup. boys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> It's all about the foreplay. A, yeah, I always say that too. Like, because um, uh, with the uh, with a comedy show, there's generally in a standard show, there's three positions. There's the MC host, the feature, and the headliner. And um, I've worked with uh, so many uh, comics, especially when they're new and they're in the MC slot. They want to kill. They want to get out there, just like hmm. you know, kill, 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 kill. And what they don't understand is that the show needs to build. You know, and I say it's like sex. You know, you don't just go in there and you go, hey, you know, to start fucking a girl, there's foreplay. And that's mm-hmm. the MC. Not that you should not be funny, but don't expect to kill. You're the foreplay. You're, you're the, the tease. Yeah. You're the warm up. You're, you know, I always say, like with a comic, even if an audience, uh, has, even if a, people have been to a show before, they've never been in that crowd. And it's like you have to remind them how to laugh collectively as an audience, how to come together. And that's kind of the job of the MC. And then the feature really gets them going. And that's like, you know, that's going to third base, getting them really wet. Then the headliner comes in and slowly sticks it in and then shoots a load of laughs all over their tits. Yeah. And that load of the laughs is what we're all really aiming for. Yes. But we know now, because we've done enough shows, you can't just do that. you got to slowly, you know, take yeah. get on the dance floor, even, you know, and show your moves. And, exactly. You know, and this is, you know, and that's what we do on the ship, too, because we're not always packed, but because it's kind of transient, because they have so many entertainment choices, mm-hmm. they may not come in until the second hour. So it's, again, it's up to us to read the room. Okay, you're ready. I've got my hand up your skirt, and you now know it. And you're not taking my hand and pushing it away, so you're ready. Right. You know, now we're going to spread the cheeks, and we're going to make sure everything's properly lubed. And then Are you going gonna... to the cheeks? You yeah. don't even... You no, got... no, all four of them. Well, oh, yeah. look at you, bowling, bowling it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you've hit your mark as an entertainer. <laughs> <When> you... <laughs> you're bowling strikes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just thinking that visual now. <laughs> With the fat tours from Nebraska, and I got my thumb in her ass. No. What? <laughs> Come on, lady, let's go. <laughs> Strikes. <laughs> you didn't, you're from Nebraska. You didn't know you liked that. That's no, awesome. You, didn't. you call oh, that that's... the Big Lebowski around here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I checked in the, I think on, the, on the first show uh, this week. I did. Yeah, so, yeah, oh my God, it was a guy who was in the crowd last night at the Late Show at the theater. He said he met his wife at a bowling alley. And I said, "Wow, you gotta have big balls to pick up a woman at a bowling alley." Got that? Yeah, and it was he was like eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was an early show, so I had to go. No, 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 because you know he's yeah. at a bowling alley. You have to be very impressive. And they're like, that. no. They're like, no, no we, we got it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just covering my own ass because yeah. at the early shows you can't yeah, be now dirty. Now to work again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, uh, speaking of big balls and being dirty, uh, this is a little part of the show called. The Skippy Green Show. It's the Skippy Green Show. (laughs) 
Oh, Skippy, good to see you again. Oh my God, Stan Baloney. Stan Baloney, you, you still smell like it. Can I tell you that, by the way? That's right, thanks. You, you still have that... You have that Oscar Mayer smell. And Skippy, I, I see you still got the same plaid jacket. Damn, you got it. You still haven't changed it. I've got my, I've got my look. I've got my style. Have you heard of the cleaners? Have I heard of a cleaners? Yeah, I've been you, taken to it many been, times by a couple ex wives. That coat has not been taken to the cleaners. No, please. It's I've I've shot so many loads on this guy. I don't even need a hanger anymore. No, it just don't. pretty much stands on its own. Sure, just put it up in the corner. That's a good job. Pretty That's much, a, a, very effective. <laughs> This, I've shot so much DNA on this jacket. Technically, I'm its father. Two, three, four. <laughs> All right, Danny boy. Here's how this works. I'm going to ask you a question. And you've got to answer the question in ten words exactly. Okay? Oh, this is difficult. This I'm is, a very verbose man. Well, you've got to cut that verbose down to just a v. V. <laughs> Okay, 10 words exactly. Got it. And I'm going to give you a little tip, because I ask you, this is what a lot of people do. I ask them a question, and they go, I would, blah, 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 blah. Don't do the I would, because I ask you, go, ask you a question. Does um count? Uh, um does not count. All right. But just count your words carefully. Okay. You ready? If you could fuck. To any piano song in the world, what song would it be and why? Remember, be very careful with the words. You only have ten. What song would it be and why? Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, Closer, Because She Wants It. <laughs> You know what? That's a goddamn good answer. <laughs> you want to fuck her like an animal? Fuck her like an animal. You ever done that at one of your live shows? Yeah, but then I didn't work there anymore. They really took obsession. Well, you, maybe you could clean it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, I could have. Like, uh, I didn't know. have to lift her skirt up over her ass. I want to... You like an animal. I want to... From the inside, you yeah. know, add a little goofy sound of like, like you, like your weird Al Baloney, you know. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. You know, you know I think I know what you're talking Make about. Make it a polka. Make it I a polka. I wanna fuck you like a little. It would make it a classy. It would it be would. a classy song. It would, it would class know, the song up a little bit. It, I, I think it needs to be. I heard, uh, I heard Sinatra once tried to cover it. Yeah. I wanna do you like a chicky poo. It didn't fly. Didn't really fly. No, didn't fly. I want to feel you from the opposite of the outside. Now, in my day, it, it, my parents used to talk about Frank like he was, you know, uh, a scientist. They said, what are you talking about? He says, because he's responsible for more of you kids running around this planet than anybody else, any other singer. It's true. Yeah. Girls look at those blue eyes, and they want you to look at their brown eye right away. Right. Just that one. They Just that one little. No, they don't need them all. I left my... Uh, did he sing I Left My Heart in San Francisco? Was no, that, that Tony was the Bennett? other guy. That was Tony. That was Tony. Tony. I get, I get those wops mixed up. It's one of the two. Yeah. One of those two are responsible for an entire generation of children being oh, born sure, after the sure, war. Oh, sure, sure, You know who's responsible for, uh, for my generation? Who? It's a very true story. Carol Channing. Carol Channing? Carol Channing. Because my parents, holy shit, they, uh, they love the Hello Dolly. Uh, my dad used to fuck blow-up dolls. 
And they used to turn them on all the time. So when Carol Kachana came out with that song, he would blow his load in my mother so far. I swear to God, she was smelling his jizz. That's great. That's a very romantic story, Skip. Well, that's, yes, I know I'm, I'm writing Hallmark about. cards now. Sure, I can. Roses are red, violets are blue. I just shot my load in you. Wow. It's a, I feel teary-eyed. Those aren't tears. No. Oh, but something's running down your face. Jeez. <laughs> oh, dear God. This is a very erotic show. Are the kids able to stay up late and listen to this? Mine or yours? Nine. Nine? Nine? Are you a German? Get the fuck out of my room. Nine. Get the fuck out of here. No, I'm from a small Irish Catholic family. We only no such six, thing. Yeah, we had six kids. Oh, well, that yeah, was, so that was pretty small. It wasn't small. bad at all. Yeah, my parents uh, my parents didn't like each other very much, so. Nobody but, likes you, i got to be honest. That's all right. I, that's why I feel so right at home on stage. <laughs> it's the Skippy Green Show. I think that's true for every performer. We need that. Do you ever see Mr. Saturday Night? Yes. There's a great line in that movie. There's a couple of great lines in that movie. Um, um, but where the uh, toward the end of the movie, when the uh, wife is talking to the brother, when they're in the they're older, they're in the kitchen, and she always said, "Like, I always knew there's that little extra hug that he gets from a room of strangers that I could never give him, like something along the shows." But that line, that little that extra hug that he gets from a room of strangers, and I think it's true for every performer, no matter how much we love our spouse and we love our kids, and you know we're secure in ourselves. There's something that's in our genetics that make us. We just we need that. Not even for the ego, just that extra hug, that approval from a room full of strangers. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And we're completely at home, and yet you read surveys of people that would rather run through fire than get up and speak in public. Isn't that amazing? And here we are. Like, if I'm not on stage for like two days, I start to feel it. I'm like walking around going, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, yeah. I'm, you, yeah. You, it, it's, it's a, it really is a drug. You start yeah. jonesing. You start... Yeah. Uh, I need my fix. Yeah. Start needing the I've fix. I've had times in my life when I couldn't perform, and I was just conniption. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? I have to sit here and eat popcorn? Like, oh, I, it was horrible. And I, my family was like, stay away from dad. He's not gigging. You know? <laughs> we'll see you later. We'll see you in six weeks when you're healed. <laughs> you know? I'm like, wait, dad, come back. I need an audience. <laughs> yo, dad, yo, we're going to be on the street one day. Yo, yo, I'll tell you a joke for a dollar. <laughs> let me, I'll suck your dick if you let me tell you a joke, motherfucker. No, seriously, I'm really, really funny when I get an audience, please. By the way, that was Dan on a couch. He wasn't farting there. That oh. was a fart. Nah, I feel that so much better it. now. It's that all-you-can-eat buffet upstairs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which, I am starving. Um, so I'm gonna we're going to close this up right now, my friend. Perfect. But thank you so much for doing this, yeah, Thanks Dan. for having me. Where, uh, can people find you online anywhere? Yeah, uh, pianomusicshow.com. Pianomusicshow.com. It's a kind of a generic site that we just run everything through, so it uh, kind of gets over there. Very and, of cool. course, stanbaloney.com. But we haven't quite really set that up. You know what I'm saying? It takes a little while to find a good web guy. Well, of course. Always on the market for a good web guy. Yeah, and you totally understand. Yeah, but uh, well, we, we always do all kinds of stuff at Piano Music Show, and I'm kind of leading the dueling pianos through there, too, which is allamericandueling.pianos.com. Very cool. And you can uh, always uh, find me in the funny pages on Facebook because I have to be funnier than the next guy. <laughs> As is all. Yes. What? That didn't even make sense. That's a great way to end. That is a great way Perfect. to end. And uh, guys, you know where to check uh, me at flipisfunny.com, what's for dinner podcast.com, at Flip Schultz on Twitter, Instagram, all that fun shit. And uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us today. We will see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their mind.